We're back today with our second podcast with Thomas Windsor and Tobias Abend from German law firm Gleislutz. And today we are speaking about the end of employment. So Thomas, Tobias, what protections against dismissal do employees enjoy that employers need to be aware of? Yeah, as a starting point, I believe at least that, that Germany has a reputation for being very protective um, uh, in relation to termination um, of, of, of employees. And this is probably true, but keep the magic number in mind, which is 10, which means, you know, the very strict protection only kicks in if you employ more than 10 employees uh, in an operation here in, 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 in Germany. And if you are below this number, you are generally free to terminate um, uh, people. You just have to comply with the stipulations of the employment agreement. Of course, the termination must not be arbitrary. You know, you must not terminate someone because of his age or his gender, etc. But, you know, that, that's typically not a protection, but the rules are much different when you are going beyond the 10 um, employee uh, number, because in such a case, you would require a sufficient ground to terminate an employee, which would be misconduct, uh, uh, redundancy, or anything linked to the per person which doesn't make him her able to perform the duties of the job um, anymore. And, and you would require such grounds even if you comply with the notice period. So it's really about ending the employment relationship requiring a sufficient ground. And if you don't have such grounds, in many countries, it's only about money. Yeah, How much compensation do you have to pay if the termination is regarded as, 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 as unfair? But in Germany, the legal consequence for not having sufficient ground is just reinstatement. That's what is provided for uh, in the law. And that is very unique, I believe, to in comparison to a lot of other jurisdictions. That That's very interesting. And um, certainly the, the reinstatement uh, issue will be one that is, is uh, you know, a particular concern, because although it is um, possible to have reinstatement in the in the UK. It's it's in practice very rare. Um, so it sounds as though it's more common in Germany. Well, as I said, it's a, it's a legal consequence. Um, I would say in practice, in ninety percent of the cases, there is a settlement. The employees accept the um, termination. The employer pays a certain severance, and and the parties uh, part ways. Um, if I may say so, the claim to reinstatement, which is, let's say, really the, 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 the legal uh, consequence, basically sets the scene for the negotiations on the severance um, 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 package. And um, the, the problem for, for companies is that it's, it's very hard really to estimate what, what the potential settlement amount severance pay might be, because there are no rules defined in the law how to determine um, this amount. There is no maximum. It's really about negotiating with the individual employees and keeping in mind, you know, if the employee is successful, he could be reinstated. The only hope is that a lot of employees who are entitled to reinstatement do not want to be reinstated. And I remember one case I had, you know, when an employee finally won the law, she broke down to tears 
because she realized that she had to get back to the company, had to get back to work, and she didn't want it it too but she was too eager wanted too much money and the company said you know i don't pay this amount the eventually won but did not won only legally and did not achieve the the results she she wanted but as i said you know the the big problem is that there is a certain yeah uncertainty as to potential costs of a termination because you just don't know for sure beforehand yeah, that that makes that makes absolute sense, and and I suppose it it naturally leads into the next question, which is in the UK, um, employees with over two years service have protection against unfair dismissal. Um, uh, so there are relatively limited circumstances in which a termination can be made fairly, and there has to be a fair process. But, and that's the key but, compensation is broadly capped at one year's salary or about £90,000. Um, because of that cap on compensation, employees often bring a claim for discrimination because it um, maximises their potential compensation. Um, it sounds as though you don't have quite the same issue regarding discrimination claims in Germany based on what you've just told us about reinstatement and calculating compensation. This is correct because there is actually no need uh, for this uh, uh, protection. Um, uh, or, uh, generally, I would say um, anti-discrimination law is a bit underdeveloped in Germany in comparison to uh, other countries like the UK or the US because employees already have sufficient protection under the law I described, you know, and, and, and uh, you know any compensation not um, being kept and that's why employees do not have to move into the let's say discrimination um, arena because they are already protected of course a termination um, um, would be invalid you know if if, if um, the employee is terminated due to protected criteria like age or gender etc and this may give to additional uh, uh, may give claims to additional compensation, but this would be would be rather small um, amounts, and therefore there's really no let's say commercial benefit for the employees to to move into discrimination. Usually, it's just sufficient for them to say my employer did not have sufficient grounds to terminate me uh, from the start and therefore they don't have to prove that there was any discrimination involved. That's really interesting and clearly a, a, a big difference from the UK so very helpful to understand. Um, so let, let's take um, a, a slightly more um, depressing example where an employee has done something very badly wrong, um, so some perhaps some very serious misconduct um, can an employer terminate for cause in that situation? In other words, can you can you terminate with immediate effect? Is that is that how it works in Germany? Yeah, that's how it works also in Germany. So we, we differentiate between terminations for good cause, i.e. with immediate effect, as you mentioned, and on the other hand, ordinary terminations, just complying with the applicable notice period stipulated in the employment contract or, or under statutory law. Um, termination, uh, however, for good cause, i.e. without a notice period, is only possible in severe cases, um, which is dealing of, of company property and such 
termination um, terminates the employment relationship with immediate effect. Um, in absence of such um, significant grounds, severe cases, ichi stealing company property, an ordinary termination um, may be um, issued to the individual. And as already outlined by Thomas, such ordinary termination requires a justification by either operational um, reasons, i.e. redundancies, conduct-related uh, reasons, that would be misconduct you mentioned, and as a third but rather theoretical option, personal reasons such as inability to work or long-term, long-time illness. And, and as regards an ordinary termination for conduct-related reasons, an employer should be aware that um, under the law, as a general rule, um, at least one prior formal warning must be issued to the individual prior to issuing the notice of termination. And one additional aspect, if I if I may add, to be kept in mind is that we don't have what we call absolute grounds for a, a termination. So um, even you know if an employee was stealing from the company, you would still have to conduct something what we are calling a balancing of interest. So you know if the um, uh, um, value of the stolen good is very small and the employee was working for a very long time with the company um, has basically no has not caused any problems in the past always complied with the rules then the courts may come to the conclusion that although the employee was stealing in this particular case based on the overall assessment the 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 notice of termination is invalid because the balancing of interest spoke for the continuation of the 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 employment um, relationship and this is also sometimes something um to be or it's, it's hard to explain sometimes to to clients that that although someone was stealing they still might you know be successful in in in, in court thanks for that and that that's interesting because i think it, it, it isn't too dissimilar in the UK. There has to be very extreme circumstances before you can kind of summarily dismiss without notice. Um, and we would normally say that, you know, there should at least be some investigation and possible warnings. Um, but Tobias, men you mentioned um, uh, notice, um, giving notice of termination. So something that's in, set out in the contract of employment. And that's obviously a position that's the same in the UK, that we have these notice requirements. But in the UK, we can also, an employer can often um, put an employee on garden leave or pay in lieu of notice if the contract provides that. Do, do you have similar concepts in Germany? Yeah, we, we have a similar uh, concept also in German employment contracts. Typically, notice periods are stipulated. We have some minimum notice periods in statutory law, but um, which range from one month up to seven months after 20 years of service, but employment contracts, for instance, provide for three months notice or six months notice, something um, in, in, in this range. Um, during the notice period, an employment relationship technically stays in place. So the employee stays on the payroll, is entitled to the salary, so and, and any bonuses that uh, he, she would earn um, during the notice um, period but as a general rule after a notice has been issued the employee can put the employee on, on on gardening leave and during such a gardening leave period the employees would be bound by a non-compete obligation 
would still receive the salary, of course, as, as mentioned before, but would not be allowed to, to, to work for a competitor. And in particular, if someone, you know, is working higher up in the hierarchy, um, has access to um, important uh, business secrets, uh, etc. Um, typically companies, you know, would, would, would send those people on, on gardening leave just as some kind of, let's say, cooling off um, um, period. What would not be possible unilaterally, at least, is to make a payment in lieu of notice. So if the employee does not want, he just continues to be an employee during the uh, notice period, receiving um, um, regular salary, um, etc. And um, employees would typically only agree to a premature termination of their uh, employment, i.e prior to the expiration of the notice period if they have some um, uh, employment uh, uh, lined up for the time after um, the termination of their employment relationship with their current employer. <clears throat> so in terms of uh, other things we should think about in terms of dismissal, um, are there any particular groups of employees who have special protection against dismissal under German law? Um, yes, indeed. So we have some group of, of employees enjoying special protection against dismissal. Um, however, that does not mean that such individuals may not be terminated at all. However, some, yeah, let's say, formal steps are required to be taken by the employer. For instance, um, there might be approval um, requirements by um, relevant state authorities. And, and to give you some examples um, as regards the protected groups, uh, these are groups of severely disabled employees, for instance, pregnant employees, employees on maternity leave, on, on parental leave, as well as members of a works council. Um, and then we have um, restrictions regarding terminations for employees in certain functions. For instance, um, a, a data protection officer um, enjoys a special protection against dismissal. And in some parts of Europe, there are also um, employees with protections who are, apart from their employment, um, a member of some kind of local government. That's very helpful. And um, I suppose this, this brings us on now to um, a topic that is uh, obviously pretty distinct from the UK, although we do have this concept in the UK, which is works councils. Uh, I'm aware that works councils play a really prominent role in employment in Germany. Um, when employers are, are considering dismissing an employee, uh, do they need to involve works, works councils? Yeah, so, so the Works Council will be a topic of our third pause, podcast, but, but with regard to the involvement with, regarding, with regard to individual dismissals, that's correct. Um, an employer is obliged to inform and hear the Works Council prior to each individual dismissal. This is a precondition for the validity of the termination. Um, that means if the Works Council, if one exists, of course, is not heard, the termination is just um, invalid. However, um, as mentioned, that's only an information um, right of the Works Council, and the Works Council has no veto right, um, veto right with regard to the um, termination. 
what what uh, one may add is that the um, you know complying with this hearing obligation can be relatively complex because all the reasons for the termination must be presented to the works council and there is very strict case law you know which facts the employer must present to the to the works council and the general requirement is that the works council must um, get comprehensive information to to really evaluate the case and to form an opinion even if the works council does not have to approve the um, dismissal and and very often as a practical matter very often uh, uh, employers are not able really to comply with the standards uh, developed by case law in relation uh, to such works council um, involvement and and there's a lot of work you know thinking about your about your uk clients you know if they had to involve a german works council for a termination in, in germany they should really um, plan for sufficient preparation yeah to to prepare such works council um, hearing very good advice and definitely worth um uh, allowing time and thinking process to to understand what might be needed in those cases. Um, so moving on to the to the final question, uh, which is, okay, you've got as far as a dismissal. Um, are there any particular practical steps that employers should think about when trying to resolve termination disputes in Germany? So by way of example, can you offer a severance package in return for the employee um, waiving their rights under a settlement agreement? Yes, you can and you should would be the uh, uh, short answer. So typically employers would, when planning a termination, a dismissal would really aiming at a settlement at some point of time. So usually employers would not aim at, um, I want to fight this dismissal through because of all the restrictions and all the potential uh, problems you may see and the consequence being a reinstatement if you're not successful. The big question is always, you know, how do you achieve such a settlement in the most efficient uh, manner in terms of time and, and money, obviously. And one decision to be made, in my view, is whether you talk to the employee first or whether you issue notice of termination first and start to discuss thereafter. This really depends on the role of the particular employees and, of course, maybe his, 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 his attitude and how he or she is approached best. For instance, for some executives, it, it, it's, you know, in their interest if they could later say, you know, I was not dismissed, I agreed with my employer a voluntary departure from the, the company and in such cases it may make more sense and may fit culturally better if you talk first and say, you know, it's time, you know, to, 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 to part ways here can, can be reach an agreement and, and, and often it is possible to, with, with such people to, to, to reach an agreement. This may be different for, again, the example of the maybe shop assistant where, you know, you wouldn't maybe not start with a negotiation on a mutual termination agreement first, but would rather issue a notice of termination and would try to reach an agreement um, afterwards. Because sometimes it's important to really get the message across that the company has made a decision to terminate someone 
and um, how could you do it better uh, uh, than by issuing an, a notice of, of termination. But it's it's really important that you think about how you would want to structure this process. It's there's there's really no let's say re legal rule in this regard. It's it's really about developing the right approach for the particular person and particular um, um, situation. And if you're reaching such a settlement, the main content obviously would be that the employee accepts the termination um, and and the company provides a certain severance package. You know, typical points you would negotiate would be the termination date. So sometimes employees say, you know, if you terminated me a little bit later, that would be helpful because I would have more time to find a new job. And as mentioned before, during such prolonged notice period, you could put them on gardening leave. Then in addition to that, the severance pay is obviously the, the um, biggest part of the negotiations. There is no statutory rule for calculating such um, severance. Um, in practice, the um, severance is usually calculated and negotiated around the formula uh, factor times monthly salary times years of service. And the factor usually ranges between 0.5 to 1.5, which eventually means that Usually, you would agree on a severance with, which ranges between half a monthly salary up to one and a half monthly salary per year um, of service. But as I already stated before, there is no cap. Employees may just say, I want to have two or three. And the highest demand I once received was actually five monthly salary per year of service. But then the answer was pretty clear. Well. I don't think that we are able to reach an agreement uh, uh, here because there's just no basis for, for negotiations. And you know, setting, let's say, clear red lines for your negotiations is also important for, for the employer. And if the employee is not willing to accept the termination, you may just have to go through the um, dismissal process and try to reach an agreement uh, later on. And maybe one final remark as to particularities here in Germany. What we usually learn from UK and US clients is that you know they want to avoid being in court basically at all costs because you know being in court, having a court proceeding does not feel very well. In Germany, after the employee received a notice of termination, um, they have three weeks to file a complaint with the labor courts. And if they do not file a, a complaint against the dismissal, then the notice becomes valid automatically. So they are actually forced yeah, to initiate such a, a court um, proceeding. And I would say it's, it's rather typical yeah, that such dismissal disputes end up in court, but you know, usually, again, 90% of the cases are also settled during the, the, the court proceedings. And one thing which is probably really different from, from the UK and even more so to the US that, that, you know, court proceedings in Germany in the labor courts are less expensive than in the US. So we don't have disclosure, we don't have, have this, this discovery, and um, it might be be possible, you know, to reach a settlement, to reach an agreement with the employee, um, also during such a court proceeding without causing too much additional costs. Thanks for that. That was that was really interesting, and and, and yeah, I think we definitely agree that um, 
um, everybody wants to try to avoid going to court if they can. It's certainly, um, it can be a really long and costly process from an employer's perspective and an employee's perspective, um, um, not a pleasant process to go through. Um, so that wraps up our podcast on termination of employment. Um, and I think it's quite clear that there are some quite substantial differences between Germany and the UK when considering terminating employment. So thank you both. Um, we'll be back in our next podcast um, covering collective consultation issues. Thank, thank you very you. much.